Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello, and welcome to another empowering episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio. I am Clarice Connolly, and I am your hostess. And we are here to really speak to your heart, make an impact, have women out in the world from all different walks of the earth coming to share their story, coming to inspire you to hear what their message is, what they've been through, what they've achieved, what they've overcome, and while their story may not be exactly like yours, my intention is for you to listen. Listen not just with your ears, not just with your mind, but your heart and your soul and to really hear yourself in what we have to say and what we're sharing so that you can take something away, take an applicable action, take a line, a quote, um, feel inspired to reach out, follow these individuals and, and really know that you're not alone. A lot of the battles that we work with are are dealt really um, can really make us feel isolated. And I think there's such power in normalization when we know we're not the only one that's going through X, Y, and Z. So I really hope today's going to be a profound episode and I'm really excited to have our guest on. And I hope you too, listener, can open your heart and really listen with a different part of yourself. And so for today, we are going to have Kyla Sokol Ward. And she is a coach, a speaker, and is on a huge mission because she wants to change the way we relate to ourselves and others. And for the last three years, she has been a coach through online programs, one-to-one mentorship and workshops, and a lover of social engineering. And she aims to disrupt the status quo of connection and challenge others to connect more intentionally, vulnerably, and empathetically with those around her. Welcome to the mic, Kyla. Hi, Clarice. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I like, uh, I'm just woman crush. So excited to have you on. And I love the work that you're doing. You were recently on, um, recently talking at UCLA. Can you give us kind of like a snapshot, snapshot and where to go to find more about this? And let's just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, this talk that um, that you had mentioned, this talk I gave at UCLA um, with this um, amazing group of speakers um, with this course called the Impact Speaking, uh, Making Impact Speaking Lab. And um, this is with my speaking coach, whose name is Taylor Conroy, who is an incredibly talented and wonderful, genuine human. Shout out to and, Taylor. Uh, it was a group of us who were giving talks and are using speaking as a way to leverage leverage our message and to mm-hmm. get it more out into the world. And um, so that's, that's just one talk that I've done, but I recently gave a couple of TED Talks, which are not on the internet just yet, but are Ooh, on their way. teaser, so, teaser, so follow. Teaser there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, speaking has been like a really beautiful way to get my message out and a really great way to challenge me to overcome all kinds of things that of course pushing ourselves always brings up all of our all of our fears <laughs> all, <laughs> all the fears oh, yeah. even the fears we didn't know we had totally yes 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 so, what would you what would you say is one of the biggest fears um that you've had to have overcome in life 
Ooh, ooh. Yeah, we're starting deep. I love it. Um, one of the biggest fears, you know, I think just so many things come down to like, to, to not being loved. That's kind of just like at the mm-hmm. bottom of everything. And that's one thing like I go through with my clients a lot. It's like, we think we have fears of uh, whatever, not finding the right job, not being with the right mm-hmm. partner of gaining weight, like all these things, and, like at the bottom of all of that, like when we really get down to like the genesis of it, it's like, we're afraid of not being loved. We're afraid of being lonely and yeah. um, what that would mean, what we, the story that we create around that. So I think that especially with speaking, like it's brought up a lot in terms of um, it's like, you are being yourself on the stage. Like I'm not acting. And if people don't like it and like, trust me, I'll, since I've started speaking, it's brought up a lot of uh, polarization mm-hmm. and things like that in different mm-hmm. areas of my work. And um, yeah, and it's just been a matter of like, okay, this is going to resonate with some people and it won't resonate with other people. And that that is just mm-hmm. the basis of it and needing to be able to look at challenges like that and say, um, what can I look at that's a fact and where am I making up a story? Yeah, I love that, right? Because I found... Um, you know, recently I've been discussing a lot in a lot of places, um, my story in contracting herpes and really Mm -hmm. living a life as a powerful woman, not like just out in the world, just trying to break the stigma in whatever way I can. And there's that part of you that's like, who am I to talk about this? Like, who am I to be the one? And you're just like, what? Because why not? Right? Like, I love that you really highlighted the fact that it's just a story and we get to choose whether or not to believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be so easy for us to look at other people and say mm-hmm. like, well, of course she can talk about it. Like, look how powerful she is. and Look mm-hmm. how talented they are and blah, blah, blah. And we think that we, for whatever reason, don't fall into that category. And like, I, I call it kind of a different type of entitlement. Like we think we're entitled to think that we're not special. Yeah. It's <laughs> thinking that you are so entitled and you think you deserve everything. It's like, you get to not get to walk around and think that you don't get to make an impact on the earth because yeah. you all do. And like, how dare you sit back and not share your story with people right. whose lives could be affected by it. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And that's really, um, really this piece that you highlight is just like, what if we chose to connect to others mm-hmm. with much more intentionality and a higher standard? Like what is, how does that show up and how can you explain a little bit more about that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So one of the, the way that this showed up in my life originally, and this is something that you might remember from from that talk that you Mm -hmm. saw was that years ago, I was really, really struggling with food and body image. And, um, and that that's sort of like a whole whole other journey in its own. But I had a couple folks back when I was living in San Diego, and I was really, really struggling with this. Um, I had a couple of folks compliment my hair one day, like they just like came up to me and they were just gushing about how beautiful my hair was. And I used to have a really like rough relationship with my hair as well. I thought that my hair was like way too big and it was too much and it was curly mm-hmm. and it was lion thing. And I just Girl, hated it. I got that same problem, but go ahead. <laughs> same <Yes>. story. <laughs> yes. And, um, and it was a real reflection of how I felt about my body. I felt that my body took up too much space mm-hmm. in the world. My body shouldn't have been as big as it was and whatever. That was my own crazy perceptions of how big I thought my body was and how big I thought my hair was and I shouldn't be taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, these folks, by complimenting my hair, they shifted my realization about how I relate to my hair and how I relate to my body. And what if I just love things for what they were, which doesn't mean I have to like it, just loving right. it and accepting it versus fighting it all the time. 
And these people, all they did was compliment my hair. It's not like they told me, like, you should relate to your body differently. But (laughs) of course, they had no idea what I was dealing with. But, like, that's the whole thing. It's like they had no idea what their words did to me. And it just started this huge thing inside my head of, like, oh, my God, we are all impacting each other in ways that we are completely unaware of. And when we're more conscientious of the fact that, like, people pay attention to our emotion. They pay attention to what we're doing and saying and the things that we believe and how we act on those beliefs. Mm-hmm. And how does that change the way in which we relate to the impact of our own words and actions? How does that impact how we relate to other people and the impact that we that we believe we can have on the entire world? And so mm-hmm. one of the like most applicable ways that this sort of shows up in my life these days right now, I live in San Francisco. I take the bus everywhere. Um, public transit is, is all over. And one thing that I see people on the buses all the time is like everyone's faces in their phones. Yeah. Which of course mm-hmm. is the problem everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I I will not use my phone on public transit. Like that's my little contribution to like I will not be one more person with their face in their phone. And especially, especially if I'm around a child, because children right now are growing up in a world where like they don't see people's eyes anymore. They right. only see people looking down at their cell Absolutely. phones. Their parents don't even look at them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing and they're looking at their waiting for their parents to watch them and their parents are like texting and right. I will not be one more person that like, I want the child to see my eyes and I want them to look at me and I want to smile at them. And, um, yeah, so these little things, like they make a difference and we can walk around and pretend like we don't make an impact on the world, but like, we're kidding ourselves if we're saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. Like that really hits home for me because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad was always engulfed in some sort of sports Mm-hmm. Um, on TV or show or movie or whatever it may be. And as a very young kid, I remember his subtle, like, oh, suck your gut in, like, oh, keep eating like that, or oh, my daughter, daughter can eat you under the table. She eats like a truck driver. She can keep up with the guys. Like, right, like, oh, those things, like, from as young as I can remember to, you know, current day. And it's so funny because you say that, and it's like, oh, man, that's such, like, the core of my like body image um, issues and the things that I've been working with and, you know, trying to overcome. And it's like, wow, you know, that subconscious or low um, intentionality things that make such a huge impact on a kid who just wants Mm -hmm. to get their parents' attention, right? And wow, without being intentional, the impact that that has. And I love that because it's like, in one way, you know, I've like been able to identify, yeah, at seven, seven years old, you're going to make up a ton of things about dad saying this thing about your body and try spend your whole life trying to undo those. And I love that you're like forward facing about it. You're very much like, yeah, let's, uh, let's be more intentional with how we interact with humans. And my commitment is to show up without being on the phone. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That's huge. And what would you say has supported or, you know, if people are listening out there that are struggling with body image or eating disorders, like what's some like words of wisdom that you could, you know, extend or that you wish that someone said to you that you could share with others? Ooh, yeah. Um, I think, yes, so much of what we already said is like, you are not alone. Your struggle is not unique. 
and our brains try to convince us that like our struggle is somehow worse and that like no one understands it and blah 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 and like get yourself into some spaces where people are talking vulnerably about this because that that was such a game changer for me for me how food and body image challenges showed up was um like I was a binge eater and I would sort of go through like this diet binge cycle like every single day and like I'd start mm-hmm. to be like I'm gonna be so good today I'm gonna eat this and I'm not gonna eat this and mm-hmm. blah 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 and by the end of the day I'm like binge eating peanut butter out of the jar mm-hmm. and and I lived in that cycle for years and it was crazy and I thought that I was crazy like I thought like I have a willpower problem I maybe it's a magnesium deficiency. Maybe I need to exercise differently. Like I tried freaking all these ridiculous things and was totally unwilling to just be with myself and to just like sit with what was happening. And, and eventually like once I just normalized how I was eating and was able to like eat a cookie without freaking out or without eating a hundred of them, Mm -hmm. um, like that was sort of the surface level work. It was like, why am I so afraid of my emotions? And why do I have to eat over them in all the time? And why do I run to the gym every time I feel some twinge of discomfort in my body? And um, so, yeah, like once I put myself into spaces where women were talking about their struggles and I realized, mm-hmm. oh my God, literally every woman is dealing with this in her own flavor, in her own capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's, which is, insane and also like we could do an entire podcast just about that yeah Um, yep like yeah once I realized like wow there's so many women who are struggling with food Mm -hmm. it just made me feel like okay this is something I'm gonna like work through and love myself through and I'm no longer a demon because I think I have a problem yeah I love that so much I mean some of my closest friends have worked through eating or disordered eating and the biggest gift that they'd ever given to me was reflecting mm-hmm. you know to me like how disordered I was around eating and I I had no idea I just thought people who didn't want to gain weight didn't eat starchy things in winter right like yep. <laughs> you're eating by the seasons it becomes hard because those are the things that are around but yeah. I I love the courage to put yourselves out put yourself out there and you know I hear this like lending a hand to a sister and in being vulnerable and sharing and connecting through something like this we can really support and lift each other up and that's been such the gift in my experience too by really you know being able to accept support and you know learn and meet nutritionists and learn and meet individuals in other different Uh, modalities to be able to better understand my body instead of spend so much time in hate and resistance. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally hear that. What would you say is, you know, I, I love this piece. It's like we spend so much time. I, you know, can speak for myself and I'm sure you can relate. It's like we spend so much time hating and comparing our body that it's kind of like how I don't know that I would ever have been able to see the transition to even just like it, right? Like what do you see is that first step or is that second step to really kind of transition into that like connection, you know, space around your own body and, you know, being able to radiate that or practice it? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think like it it can be challenging because we get so many messages in body body positive spaces that say like just love your body, and mm-hmm. it's, I would have punched you four years ago, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no. Oh, 
Thank you so much for that crazy wisdom. And I think um, one thing that I kind of compare it to is like, you you do have to love your body. You do not have to like your body. And those are very different. And loving like comes before liking for sure. And what I compare it to is like, um, is as if you have a child. I don't know if you're a mother. I'm definitely not. Not sure I ever want to be. But yes, I would imagine <laughs> that having a child is like, your kid is going to drive you insane and they're going to do things that are totally unacceptable or like, even with a partner, like they're going to do things that are unacceptable and they're going to piss you off and they're going to drive you nuts. But that doesn't, and you don't have to like that. You don't say like, I really like that you may be angry today. I really like that my child is throwing a tantrum in the supermarket, mm-hmm. but you do have to love them. And you do it. And like, it's happening. It's already there. Your body is already the way that it is. So you, you don't have to say like, wow, I think that I have the most beautiful stomach in the entire world, mm-hmm. but like, it's already there and you have to love it. And you have to say like, it's okay that you are this way. It's okay that this is happening. This is my stomach. I have a stomach. And that, that was one thing that I would do when I was like really at the beginning of my journey was to just say, I have a stomach. I have thighs. I have arms. And, and what that did for me was like, instead of saying like, I have a stomach and it's too big and it's not toned mm, enough. And I love it, that. I have a stomach. And to just like neutralize everything. Yeah. And I think that love in that way is very neutral. It's not about liking. It's just like, I love this because it's here and I accept it. And we can't change anything until we love it. Like you're not going to change anything from a place of hate because you'll just continue. That's your basis. Then you're just going to continue to hate no matter what it looks like. And that's why diets don't work is because we hate our bodies and then they look different and we hate our body looking like that. And then we hate it looking differently and whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's just like this foundation of love and acceptance and like, forget about liking. Don't worry about that yet. Eventually you'll get there. And that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, that's such a, you touched on a big piece that was a part of my journey is that I believe that my mindset was problem solve. Like mm-hmm. there's a problem with my stomach. I need to fix it. Right. And no silly diet, no trendy, whatever the next fad was like was working because I'd be a killer dieter and I could lose all of this weight in four or five, six months, whatever. Mm-hmm. But could I keep it off? Absolutely not. Like, did I realize that my vice was eating because I'm not much of a drinker? I'm definitely not much of a partier. Like, you know, I just thought like, oh, food, pff, that's not bad. It's better right. than all of them. You know, like I'll take that over workaholism. Thanks. But yeah. You, I didn't realize that when you come from this like problem solve mentality, like you're not, there's nothing to fix and you're stuck Mm -hmm. in this perpetual hamster wheel that I just need to fix. If I could just fix how flat my stomach should be, uh, then uh, that would solve everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the piece that I heard you say that really reminded me, um, was this like acceptance piece, right? Like I have such... I later found out years later, this is like five years of figuring life out, but that I have low stomach acid. But it was like every time I ate something, I was so bloated and so uncomfortable and so deeply disturbed because it was like bloating equals dad telling me, hey, my gut's hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I just, someone reflected to me one time, like like the story was like bloating means anything versus like bloating, bloating just is. Like yeah. you're going to eat Brussels sprouts or beans and everyone will fart. Like it, that right. just is like, right. And it's so profound to just be like, I'm bloated. I have arms, yeah. I have legs, I have ears, right? Like it's, it just is. And notice how you assign the meeting or, you know, I had such significance on it. Like I needed to stop eating cause I was bloated or everything I ate made me bloated. And then I just was like, I'm done eating. I don't want to eat anymore. 
everything makes yeah. so why right that total self-sabotage of like oh well then i'll just binge eat everything because if it all makes me bloated then forever right. why not right so i love that thanks mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for pointing that out you know if you're listening like how can you notice where you know something just is and you're you're adding a significant amount of story or intensity or belief or energy around that yeah and i think it's such a challenging thing for people because like they they feel so unsatisfied with just letting things be as they are because they want to problem solve and they say like well maybe just accept myself and how am i going to fix myself and mm-hmm. yeah and, and they don't like the idea of things just being okay like as if the struggle right. feels so good like it, it's yeah i love that too right it's like from an addicty or like survival mechanism survival mechanism place we're so inclined to think black and white like yeah. if i don't have anything to fix and i just am like then what right like it, like you said it's like the gray area you know mm-hmm. if our only job in this world is to find the gray area in all of our like most complicated spaces like why not just create what that gray area looks like oh yeah yeah that's powerful mm. and what would you say you've got this um quote here and i really love it so i really kind of want to loop this in too and it's who do we get to become when we intentionally decide that we are no longer limited by our old stories and our fears Mm. how do you answer that oh yeah yeah uh yeah so much of who we are is is up to us Mm -hmm. and um we spend so much time facing who we could become on who we have been and using evidence from the past to justify what we're doing right now and to create our future and saying like, well, it didn't work in the past or this is the only thing that did work in the past. This has been my experience in the past and using that to project onto our future and to let it be dictated for us instead of being the creators and being present and in the present, anything is possible. And I don't say that for this like, woo-woo spiritual perspective although it's true in that space too but like if we're looking at it even from like this space of like quantum physics and saying that like cells are cells and we are made up entirely of cells have Mm -hmm. this infinite potential Mm -hmm. to like move in all directions and and all kinds of things we don't need to get into the physics side of it but like everything has exponential potential and um when we're so focused on like well who have i been and who can i what feels most comfortable based on the shit from my past. And usually we're only drawing like bad things from the past to create our future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like we become so limited. And and the reason that that quote, that that idea and concept even came to me was because I, um, I a couple of years ago went through a really, really intense breakup and I was just suffering for so long. I was suffering for so long afterwards. And I just had the re- this realization of like, what if I stopped holding on to this suffering so much? Mm-hmm. And and it was terrifying. It's like I didn't I didn't want to let go of it because I wanted to hold on to this relationship that had ended. Right. And um, yeah, just having this realization of like, I don't know, what if I had the potential to move on from it? What if I what if it I didn't have to suffer as much as I am? And as uncomfortable as asking that question was, and as uncomfortable as moving through it was, I opened up this huge new world of potential. Of like, mm. how would I show up differently if I weren't moping all the freaking time? And if I weren't crying every hour of the day? And um, yeah, just allowing myself to dream in that space. And again, it was uncomfortable, but 
it's those little baby steps to like, who might I become without this identity that I'm gripping onto for dear life? I love that so much because in that I hear like letting go of a layer of who you once identified as that like no longer serves you. And it's like that layer or that identity is so familiar, predictable or comfortable that it's like the unknown on the other side of it is like scary because in that you can create whatever you want. Right. But what will you create? Mm, Yeah, totally. And it's like what you're saying, Clarice, it's like we're because we're attaching our identity to like, I'm the person who's heartbroken. I'm the person who has a job that she hates. I'm the person who always struggles with money, whatever that thing is. Like we Mm -hmm. attach the I to that, to that story. And if that story dies, so does our identity. And mm-hmm. that, that is scary. And, and I think um, people need to give themselves more credit when they're in these processes of like, it's gonna be scary, you're gonna be terrified. And like, mm-hmm. cool, be, be terrified and take action anyway. Like, it's not like you're, you should be totally fearless all the time. If you're not properly right. terrified, you're doing something. <laughs> the version of you that comes from being that terrified is going to be miraculous like it's so profound and I love that too because you know I hope as you're listening that you're also getting a gem from this right because I can hear what you're saying is a lot about my story right Mm -hmm. like I was in this relationship and somehow contracted herpes and I could absolutely point fingers but then also was absolutely terrified of like whoa I'd have to find somebody else to tell them about what I now have and thanks to my parents you know my story was I needed to hurry up and find someone to care for me for the rest of my life and that was my sole goal and mission and it could have continued to be that way for the rest of my life had I not had this very intense like wake-up call and that same courage to step out of the familiarity and trust that I can find someone who would accept me for all that I am and all that I have and whatever right and it's very it was probably very predictable to see where my future could have been from that place and in that relationship for the next 15 to 20 minutes, uh, 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. And creating life outside of that was totally unpredictable and unfamiliar. And it's created or it has become the catalyst to the person who I am today. And without that immense fear and immense terror and life shattering um, you know, diagnosis that had me really challenge all of the beliefs that I had and stories of who I am or who I was supposed to be or what I was as a contribution to another person or this world. Mm. Sometimes you need those things, right? Sometimes you really need that, um, that thing to kind of wake you up and make you realize like you're at choice in every moment, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If we are not shaking our lives up, the universe will kick our asses until we decide to change things like every freaking time. That is how it works. Mm -hmm. And um, people, people think that's like, you know, that's the universe knocking me down that like, I can't break. And it's like, it's trying to wake you up. Mm. Right? I don't know how many times I've been there. I Oh, man, you're just like, I'm so defeated. And it's so easy for me, even I'm gonna be human here to like slip into victim. Like, it's like everything happens in 15s for me. Like, can anything be stacked in my favor for once, you know, and it's not it's sometimes maybe I'm stubborn. And I'm just like, okay, I, I surrender. And I think the biggest thing here is like reframe. Like how do we, instead of being like, wow, life's handed me so many lemons, I'm weighed down by the weight of him. 
or I'm so defeated or I'm so overwhelmed and I just give up. Like, how can you reframe that to be empowering? Like, I surrender, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I surrender and I let go of the control I think I have, right? And how do we put one foot in front of the other? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and just to forget the idea that, like, we know better and we know everything. Mm -hmm. We don't. One of the, um, I've done a lot of work personally in adult children of dysfunctional families, um, also known as adult children of alcoholics. And a lot of the work points you at creating a higher power or reinstilling a relationship to God or whoever you believe in. Um, What is your point or stance or way in which you operate or think could be supportive to share um, with those who are listening? Mm, yeah, I appreciate you asking this question. It feels it feels risky. I think that there's not a there's not enough conversation about God happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I people are so afraid of that word, and it's it's funny to me because like people will describe. Um, I hear a lot of folks say like, "Well, you know, I don't believe in God, but I believe in this higher power, and I'm I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what it looks like, but there's definitely something guiding us." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, like that's exactly what I believe, and I just call yeah. it God." And, right. Yeah, like people are so terrified of this word. I think we're, we're becoming very terrified of religion, which I think uh, is not really always serving us. But also a separate conversation. There are a lot of different tangents we can go on here. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. And I think like it's it's interesting because someone told me one time along my journey here um, that it's kind of like you're, I was raised Catholic and there's kind of this like misuse of power in regard to my parents kind of like oh well god will shine out on you if you you know blah, blah, blah. right so it's just like you're instilling fear which is probably never the way that religion was meant to be operated right. as but it you know it that one christmas at 14 when i went by myself and all of a sudden it was like church didn't matter it was like oh okay so god never mattered got it you just used mm-hmm. it as discipline right i just was like oh man and then when you you know i got my diagnosis i was like wow god how could you do this to me, buddy? Yeah. Like, didn't actually ask for this. Didn't feel like I was that human, bad of a human being to really uh, deserve this. Thanks. You mm. know? And I got to learn, like, I turned my back on God mm. or a higher power or the universe, right? Whatever. Because I was like, wow, I, I, did, I didn't deserve this. And it just left this taste in my mouth where I was just like, man, okay. You know, and it's funny because then I just changed the word and I just said the universe, which, you know, resonated more because there was no like discipline involved in the universe. The universe isn't disciplined. There wasn't like a mom attached to it, shaking a figure, dragging me to, you know, confession. Right. I got to just recreate a new relationship and use a word that resonated, which ultimately means the same thing. And it's like, you know, what can you create? Right. Like if you listened to this and your story is similar to mine like how can you just recreate it right because I think my biggest takeaway or my biggest piece I kind of wanted to highlight is that like it's like the world isn't meant to be taken on by yourself mm-hmm. right like you're not meant to carry all of your things you know there's a way to turn it over and there's a way to give it up and there's a way to you know surrender um there's no right way right but it's just like how can you alleviate some of the things that you carry by having a higher power to support you and being there to have you turn it over to them yeah yeah absolutely it's so beautiful and i i think that um there there is so much beauty and profundity and like believing in a higher power whatever that means to you and whatever right. flavor is comfortable to you and, and i think mm-hmm. it's another one of those things of like the exploration of it might be uncomfortable and it might 
challenge some of those childhood beliefs or whatever. And like I was raised Jewish and I'm Jewish and I'm very involved in my Jewish community here mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And I don't, um, I, I was lucky that I wasn't raised in a closed-minded type of environment around my religion. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it's equally my own exploration of like what is God and what is my relationship right. to this and if there is evil in the world, what does that mean for higher powers and all of that? But when we're going through challenges, it's like it's human nature to like get down on our knees and be like, what the hell is going on and what do I do? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's it can be a beautiful place to explore like, how do I want to believe that I'm guided? How do I want mm-hmm. to believe in where my power comes from um, and and how I relate to other people and how we're all connected? I love that so much. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of love that, like, almost like full circle that's happening in the conversation. It's really, you know, the intention of wanting to make an impact in how we show up and connect with others and how, you know, we can be more intentional and have that higher standard. And just this journey in this conversation is a matter of like starting with yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. how being more intentional and more connected to yourself can actually elevate you to have a higher standard in the way you connect with others or maybe it's not first, right? Like how do you, how do you see that? Like, do you work on yourself first? Is it simultaneous? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I know that I'm trying to sound like I'm looking for a recipe, but I have it. There's no right way, but what's been your experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, they're definitely sort of intertwined hand in hand. I think once you start to see like how powerful and beautiful you are, like you start to see your own divinity and like a course I'm made of this higher power like oh my gosh like we all have this like beautiful exponential power inside of us and um and and just starting to see like how truly divine each and one of us each and every one of us is like Mm -hmm. we are these gods and goddesses and it's amazing and like we're all just these like beautiful creatures um Mm -hmm. and we learn a bunch of crap over the course of our lifetime that like covers that up and so much of this work I think is in unlearning. Like there's, there's a yes. lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just a matter of like getting down to the core of who we are, which is like creatures that love and want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the basis of like all religions of like all types of higher power, spiritual, whatever um, beliefs is like that we're here to love one another and to create communities around mm-hmm. that basis of love. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's how I see it. And I think that like, whatever, whichever direction you go, you'll, you'll lead to the same answers. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I really love too. like, I want to, I know, bring it back to this piece of like, my intention isn't to have this podcast so that you all can become speakers and coaches and, (laughs) you know, inspirational and gurus, right? Like I keep thinking of, you know, my roommate who's such a creative individual and she works in the creative field. Um, and it's like she has such a tapped in um, source of wisdom and power and truth and beauty and the gift of just sharing intimately or, you know, being loving and confrontational with me as a human being. Like this is the thing, right? Like this isn't just like, hey, listen to this podcast, become a speaker. It's like how can you bring this intentionality out in the world and the way that you ca- connect to your landlord, to your um, you know, secretary to your assistant, to your best friend, to your mother, right? Mm -hmm. Like how can we be intentional? How can we, you know, challenge ourselves to have a higher standard? 
and how can we really um, you know bring each other forward no matter what position place how often you see them how long you see each other Um, Mm. and like you were saying those individuals that saw you at a diner for maybe Mm -hmm. two minutes right like the impact that they had um, just by acknowledging your beauty and the gift that you are in the world yeah, absolutely. And I think that like as we continue to be more intentional about how we connect with one another and connecting in more like authentic and deep ways instead of these like, you know, surface level questions of like, how are you? Fine, thanks. And and actually connecting with people, we start to see like how interconnected we are. And we start to see there is uh, this, again, the foundation of love within every single one of us and mm-hmm. that we're all just out here trying to make it. And that's really, that's what we're all doing. And yeah. uh get that because we again we have learned so much stuff that makes us feel separate what do you feel is like that one action or that one thing that we could practice to like actually like you said like pick your head up out of your cell phone or you know having the vulnerability or the courage to not just ask like hey how are you doing today but to like really get in there with like you said those like big questions right off the bat yes that's a great question I think that um mm, I think to start small with this, like people, I, I think asking questions is one of just the most profound things that we can do, asking questions of ourselves, of our society, of one another. And those are sort of the more like uh, the, the challenging questions, but just how we speak to one another, the questions we ask each other um, is, is so impactful and it has so much power in that. And yeah, people sometimes will respond to the questions I ask and be like, oh my gosh, like, how do you, how do you know to ask a question like that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, um, it's intense. And I tell people like, you know what, like start small. Like you don't need to go out and just like pour your head out to strangers. If you're not comfortable doing that, it's mm-hmm. not always the best route to take. Like when you're with your friends, just ask like, what was the best part of your week? What are you celebrating today? Like that's so much more of a fun question than just like, what'd you do? Um, yeah, I love that. I know. I was like in my head trying to also answer the same, this at the same time. I'm like, Oh, how would I? And yeah. I, I was thinking along the same lines of like, instead of like, how are you doing today? Like, how are you feeling today? Yeah. Right. Like I, I sometimes feel that, you know, I, it takes a friend that like interjects like, Hey, what's going on in your mind right now? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so in my head right now, I had no idea. Thanks for that. Like, pull back to earth you know or you know it's like this how are you feeling I think sometimes people are like well I don't know how am I feeling right and then you might get this like really cool vulnerable um response where you're like giving that person permission to show up and you're like giving the space to like land in oh yes I love that so much and that's such a huge piece of leadership is like is allowing people the space and allowing people to show up, giving people the permission by being the first to be vulnerable and being the first to ask the vulnerable question and Mm -hmm. to, uh, to lead the way and to show them like, Hey, we're going to be here and we're going to have this. I'm, I'm open to this authentic conversation. If you want to opt out, that's fine too. And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to give them the space of like, Hey, how, how are you feeling today? And to allow them the space to reflect on what's going in, on for them internally and to, to share. It's so beautiful. Right. And I think this, the other piece that came up when I asked you that question, I was like, oh, I remember I was just sitting by myself at this coffee um, place in, uh, I'm, so I'm in San Diego, in Little Italy. And I just was sitting there by myself and just decided, like, I just felt so full of gratitude. And I don't know what sp- like sparked it, but I saw this woman in such an elegant and creative attire. 
And I just was so taken back by the way that she carried herself, by the way that she was walking with this um, really neat, I actually can't even think of the name of this umbrella, but it looks like a lacy umbrella. Anyway, it was amazing. And I just thought, wow. Like, and I was so taken back that I just decided to tell her, like, I was just like, wow, your energy and the way that you carry yourself Mm -hmm. and just not even what you're wearing, but just how beautiful you are, you know? And I, and I stopped to tell her that. And I just thought like, wow, what if, you know, instead of being like, wow, she's much skinnier than I am, or wow, this girl is much prettier than I am or whoever, right? Like, what if we just gave each other the gratitude apart, like that we found Mm -hmm. inside of that, you know, and how Mm -hmm. that just made me feel so good to just acknowledge her and witness her and Mm -hmm. go out of my way to say something that like I couldn't even keep to myself because I was so moved um, by her grace and just her, her radiance, you know? And I just like thought for this moment when you, I asked you that question was like, wow, what if, you know, we, we expressed our gratitude for another human being for, you know, the way that they carried themselves or the impact that they made just by being who they were. Like, what would that make possible? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite practices that I have is like every single day reaching out to someone and telling them that I love them and telling them why. Mm. And whether that person is one of my siblings or if it's someone I haven't spoken to in 10 years, like people love to hear that. And we're always so afraid that like, oh, you know, if I compliment this stranger, like they'll think I'm weird or maybe they're busy, Mm -hmm. they're in a rush, whatever. And it's like, what is the harm? What is the Mm -hmm. harm in it? And Mm-hmm. And like, of course, people want to hear nice things and they want to yeah. hear how they're appreciated and how they are impacting the world without even realizing it. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a, a powerful practice to have just like encourage ourselves to, to share how we're feeling with each other more often. Mm-hmm. I love that, too. And that really feels like, um, you know, as someone who I personally have always tried to escape my feelings um by just burying them with food I love that this sounds like just such like an on-ramp of like you know I couldn't be with anger so like I wasn't I didn't permit myself to feel anger or express it or you know even know that I was experiencing I'm just like ah this is great (laughs) I love this right but it's like you know when you can start to identify like oh I like have butterflies what are these what does this mean like oh I'm like happy this is great this is right like it it, you start to familiar yourself familiarize yourself with emotions and then you're like oh cool I know this spectrum and I I've worked um intimately with a big group of women and it's so funny because I hear everyone just like oh I'm just so anxious oh I'm just so anxious and as a witness you can kind of be like oh are you anxious or are you angry Mm -hmm. like you know and it's funny because I don't think when you're not experienced with exploring or understanding your emotions it's like super easy to just be like I'm just anxious or the other way around like I'm just angry it's like are you angry or are you disappointed Mm -hmm. right like there's like variations of these and we only get to understand them when we get curious like what yeah. is present? How do I feel? What's actually happening? Yeah, yeah, and having that willingness to be curious with ourselves, which like no one, no one teaches us how to do. And it's and again that matter of like being graceful with ourselves and saying like this will be hard and it's okay. Absolutely. So, what is your 
what is your way in which that you like to work with individuals to kind of support them and exactly what we're talking about, dismantling fears, mm. igniting their truth, you know, allowing us to feel more self-love and empowered as a whole? Yeah, yeah. So the the one-on-one work that I do with my clients um, is sort of revolves around this concept of of a vision. And one thing I always have my clients start to do is um, I work with my clients for four months at a time. So I'll tell them on day one of working together, okay, let's pretend like we're at the very last day of our session or four months from now. And you are telling me how the last four months went. And you're telling me about how you got to this amazing place. And now you're feeling this way and you're making this much money and you're doing this, you're feeling this way in your work. And here's how you're showing up in the world. Tell me about that and tell me how you got here. And what that does is it like, number one, puts us into the vibration of where we want to go mm-hmm. and make, helps us understand the feeling state of where we're going instead of like, I don't know, I want to make $100,000 a year and I want to have this job and be in this relationship. It's like those are uh, the, the material bit of it is like less important to me and mm-hmm. the feeling state of it is far more important. So getting yourself really familiar with what does it feel like to be in that place where you're going and when we do that, we, it's really, really easy to reverse engineer and to say like, right. here's how I did it. Like, yeah, it was really challenging, but here's how I picked myself up when things got hard. Mm-hmm. Um, here were all the things that happened so much more easily than I could have expected. Um, here are the things that I did to get myself to where I wanted to go. And um, so with my work with my clients, like we kind of always refer back to that vision of like, hold on, wait. You said when things got challenging, here's how you would be handling it. Right mm-hmm. now you're moping. You said you would be doing X, Y, and Z practices instead. So let's do that. Let's make sure we're getting ourselves into that vibration of a person who is working towards becoming this incredible human that mm-hmm. you already are. And like we can't people think that they're not already that. And like you can't create those types of visions if they're not already possible inside you. Right. Again, we have like exponential uh, power. So yeah, a lot of my work with women revolves around that vision and always drawing back to that as the source for how we move through our lives. I love that so much. That's a lot of what I do as well. But I love this like, um, and you know, I love, I really want to like underscore that, right? Like, cause we have this notion of like our parents tell us to do something and we're like, nope, not doing it. Right. And we're so used to like guidance counselors or advisors or other people telling us or scolding us or, you know, employers like this is how it shall be. And I love this. Like, I know that there's a notion of like, oh, too woo woo. And like, what's your truth? But your truth is that, you know, everything that you need. And like, I love that coaching just like allows individuals to be like, okay, and in the future, if you get mopey, like, what will you need in that moment? Mm -hmm. And you can already answer that because you already know what that part of you needs and like how you need others to support you when you're in that space. And I love the like re um, allowing. It's like a coach gives individuals permission to dream Mm -hmm. again and see possibilities when without being held by the hand, like you may not actually see, right? Yeah. And the the other piece that you brought out that really um, I think is so important that a lot of people aren't having conversations about enough is that we are so results oriented and like fixated on creating all the money and the 
perfect life and all the material things or all of the, you know, whatever, right? Whatever your dream is. And those are like the byproduct, right? Like, so what if we switched the orientation to how we relate to them? Like, oh, by working on ourselves and creating self-love, the byproduct will be all the money we want to create as an income and the house that we want and the marriage that we want and the, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? It's not that like money is bad or like chasing that is wrong. It's like reorienting or switching to like the more soul filling or fulfilling Mm -hmm. um, material that like will actually produce that without even trying. Yeah. Yeah. It'll become really effortless when we step into that energetic state for sure. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel is like, how can we start to be the catalyst? How can, you know, we find that we can tap into this unnecessary kindness and Mm -hmm. like wrap this all up in a bow? Like, what is that thing? Like, what are we working towards? What's the how come? Like, what is your why? Mm, yeah yeah I think it goes back to this piece of like interconnectedness and that we can pretend all day long like we're separate from one another and like our challenges are only happening to us and that people don't understand we're going through but it's like we are all here having the same life experiences in different orders and in different intensities and but like we're all dealing with heartbreak we're all dealing with loss we're all dealing with stress Mm -hmm. we're all dealing with joy like with challenges whatever we all have these same experiences that we're all having and the more that we realize that and really start to embody like every person that I come across is having their own challenges. We all Mm -hmm. make bad choices. We all have different bad choices to make or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's everyone is just so interconnected. And with that knowledge, like how does that change the way that we talk to people and the way that like, whether or not we're more or less judgmental and, and just, yeah, again, how we're treating like total strangers. And mm-hmm. it's not about like random acts of kindness. It's about like our way of being and how we're going to give other people permission to show up more authentically because we all crave that. Again, like we mm-hmm. can pretend like, oh, people are going to think I'm weird if I do this. And like maybe they will, but it doesn't mean that like that's less needed in the world. And um, yeah, so just being really, taking a really honest look and a mm-hmm. really honest look at not only how we want the world to be, but our own willingness to show up and be the leaders in creating it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that too. And like you said, it's like, what's the baby step too? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, how can you be the leader in your apartment? Like how can you be the leader in your work situation? You know, how can you be a leader in your group of friends? Mm -hmm. Right. It's not, I know that like, you know people listening maybe like the black and white like oh that's so much (laughs) a leader means a thousand people I can't do that right like it's like how do you be the tiny leader in your group of three really close intimate friends you know like how can you practice being a leader to complete groups of strangers yeah totally totally and it doesn't uh like we hear this word leadership get thrown around a lot and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to mean being outgoing and extroverted and being a camp counselor like it's it's a matter of just bringing more of what you want to see into the world mm-hmm. and it's just crazy how we want to see you know we all have this idea of how we want the world to be and how we want people to be showing up but like you need to be willing to do it first and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. real easy the ripple effects it's it's real and it works and profound. 
yeah, it's profound. Just like if you show up that way, people will notice and they're going to take note. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's so, and look like, um, you know, whether you're working with disordered eating, whether you're working with a religion crisis, whether you're working with, um, you know, an STI or whatever your flavor of your story is like, that is the thing that you're being given to work on. Right. And it doesn't mean just because, um, you know, you've had a disorder or you're, you know, working with a diagnosis that you need to go up and be speaking on stage. It's how can you make your own impact? Right. Like, is it through being a creative brand marketing agent? You know, is it through being someone who, um, you know, gets to produce podcasts and that's how you support others in the same way you want to support yourself, right? Like it's whatever it is, you know, how can you meet yourself where you're at? Like, how can you work with what you've got? Um, you know, what you're facing and the biggest, like if I could just underscore, underline, bold explanation point, whatever is to acquire support. Yes. Ooh. (laughs) whether that's coaching um you know whether that's therapy whether that's hypnosis whether that's you know reiki whatever modality and there's no such thing as too much support yeah like i Mm -hmm. i you know at one point had a support group had a support house had a dozen women that supported me, a life coach that I worked with personally, a team that of coaches that I worked with. I also went to support meetings and then I also had a therapist, right? And it was like the best time of my life. I went to the gym yeah. all the time. It was like, wow, to be that held, that seen, that witnessed, that supported, that gotten, that like profoundly molded and transformed and witnessed it really calls you forth into that really phenomenal human being that you already are and allows you not to kind of let your uh, inner narration that's maybe not as empowering to run the ship. Yeah, totally. It's like crazy to me how people want all this change in their lives and they are totally unwilling to invest in themselves and to make Mm -hmm. it happen. And like we, it's not like we're totally ineffective on our own, but Mm -hmm. like we will not be able to see our own blind spots just continuing to do things all by ourselves and like you need outside support like I I always 100% of the time I have a coach I have at least one coach all the time Mm -hmm. and yeah like that's that's how I grow in my life is like with the support of other people to tell me the things that I don't know and to show me where show me the things that I can't see about myself the good and the bad yeah yeah and to push me when I feel low like Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy too. I think someone told me along the way that was like, you're, you can't undo the very thing that your mind made up with the mind that made it up. Yes. And it was much more elegantly said, but essentially the same thing. It's like you created it. You can't undo it because you're the one that's authored it, you know, the author of it. Um, I love it. And it's been such an amazing hour. I hope listener, like you've gained you know, what there was for you to hear. And, you know, there's so many pearls of wisdoms and doors that we've opened and areas to explore. Again, you know, we're listening to Kyla Sokol Ward. And how do people find you? Yeah, um, they can find me. Instagram is where I'm most active. I'm a big, big Instagram gal. Um, so it's just my full name without the hyphen in my last name. Um, so that's uh, S-O-K-O-L-L. W-A-R-D. 
Yes, that is my very long adventurous last name. <laughs> and yeah, so it's Kyla Sokol Ward is my Instagram name. And um, I'm also very active on Facebook as well, which you can find. And uh, yeah, my website as well. If you are looking for a speaker, um, then my website is, is the easiest place to find out where you can find me and to bring me to your next event. If you're looking Absolutely. for speakers on, on leadership, on connection, on how we can show up more intentionally in the world, then that is what I love to talk to folks about. Absolutely. It's been an absolute gift and a total pleasure. I am eternally grateful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thanks for being your word out in the world and for breaking up how it's going and being such a beacon for possibility and connection on such an intentional level. You are up to magnificent things and thanks so much for bringing it here and sharing it with us. Have a great rest of your day and listener, please go out and do whatever your heart feels is true for you. 